What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You're working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Kevin Sherrington. I'm with uh, Barry Horn. Is that what your name is, Barry Horn? Correct. Correct. On the uh, Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast, Ballsy. And joining us today, our old pal and the and the king of Oklahoma, Barry Switzer. Barry, how are you doing? I'm good, Kevin. Barry, good to be on your program here. Good, good to morning. have you. It's always great to have you back. You just got back from a little trip to Italy, so I know that that was uh, what was fun for you. You're traveling with your your old tight end Keith Jackson, uh, who right. uh, lives in Little Rock now. I guess he's always from Little Rock, but he he's back yeah, there again. So I know that was a good time right. for you. We wanted to start out here talking about a little bit about uh, the Big Twelve race this year and whether that's going to be about the state of Oklahoma. Well, I don't think it's going to be any different, uh, regardless whether Bob Stoops the head coach or who's the head coach, and, and it's the right head coach, Lincoln Riley, who was the offensive coordinator, calls the plays. And uh, I think that without a doubt the, the, the picture will stay the same and the results are going to stay the same. And, uh, you know, Bob's the only one left. Players didn't leave, the coaching staff didn't leave, and uh, the continuity, the consistency, everything's in place to repeat. And... Uh, and I, when I look at the league, the league's not very good anyway. You know, what the, who's going to, is Texas going to make a rebound this quick which, because they made a coaching change? I don't know. I think that they can improve, but uh, will it be good enough to beat Oklahoma and, uh, and win, win out the league? I just think that uh, with all the problems and schools, individual schools have kind of had, uh, uh, I think Oklahoma's still, without a doubt, they're not what they have been, but they're close and uh, getting closer. And I think that uh, they'll be the best team in the Big 12 this year. What about the team up in Stillwater? No, well, they'll get their ass beat again, just like I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the truth. I mean, they, I, mean they, I don't care how, you know, they get they always get shot in the rear end about where they're 10-0 and 11-0. and I hope Boone's not listening. Boone's just said, he's out of but, uh, you know, really, uh, and he's had a stroke come the one, and I really object to him. I talked to Secretary Sally, so he's okay. He can't listen what I'm saying. But, you know, they're 10 and 0, and when they come play, then they're 11 and 1, you know, or 10 and 1. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, you know, we've always, we're, we're the best team here. We're going to get the best players in the state, and, uh, it, it, Gundy's improved it because of uh, Texas uh, recruitment. They've done a good job of getting players and selecting guys that aren't really blue-chip players in Texas, but there's damn many of them down there with 1,600 high schools. That there's talent there, and they evaluate right, which is the key thing in recruitment. Uh, they can get enough players to be able to compete and, and uh, win a lot of games, but uh, that's what they've done. Oklahoma hasn't recruited as well in Texas as they did years ago. 
I don't know the reasons why, but they still get some good players. Maybe not as many, but uh, they're they're talented, and uh, they've got a good group now. A uh, uh, good linebacker core. Where's this Ken Ken Murray from? This uh, isn't he a Kenneth uh, the kid that uh, he's from Allen? You talking about well, Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray? Uh, Two hundred forty pounds. Oh, okay. Two or three linebackers. Yeah, uh, I'm telling. Well, you're keeping up with this uh, recruiting a lot better than we are, but that's what I need to ask you about. Uh, but, yeah, going back to that recruiting thing, I wanted to ask you about Bob Stoops. But first, since you brought it up, I wanted to ask you, yeah, was it, I think it was two years ago when Texas signed, what, it was either two or four players from Texas. Was there ever a time that you signed that, that uh, few Texans? Well, I, no, we didn't because, you know, we didn't nationally recruit like they do today. You know, hell, we got, we got quarterbacks from North Carolina. We got players from California. We got players from all over. There are only two cities I recruited nationally. That was L.A. because you got a nonstop jet flying from Oklahoma City to L.A. You could get the, from Oklahoma, the L.A. to Oklahoma City faster than you can from L.A. to Seattle, Washington, and so which is in the league out there. So uh, we recruited L.A. and we recruited Miami because the Big Eight played in the Orange Bowl, and uh, and so we got to Southern Florida. It's, we've been a good, you know, I got some great players out of Southern Florida, but uh, we we lived in Texas. I had hell, I had six or seven coaches down there. I only had two coaches recruit State Oklahoma. I had Merv Johnson and Bobby Proctor recruit Oklahoma for me, and they knew every high school coach in the state. They were old heads. High school coach loved them, and they're going to help them and. Uh, and so I put everybody else in Texas. And every once in a while we went to L.A. or you know, Miami to get maybe the top blue chip player down there. But uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's changed everybody because of the 18 scholarships or 19, total of 85. Back, I remember I, Kevin, my era, when I started out, we took 50 a year, and they weren't ours until they attended one day of class. So you recruited all the way up to September. Is that right? Well, hell yeah. You, a kid, there was no one honoring. There was no national letter of intent. Big 8 didn't honor the Southwest Conference letter. We've we've gone into dorms the night before classes and got damn kids out of them. Bill Michaels was notorious for doing that. And, and, and other schools were. And this is back in the, the early 60s before there was ever a national letter. And, and uh, we were given 50 scholarships. Well, you imagine giving 50, you're going to redshirt 50. Sure. And you got to you got two hundred and fifty dressed out every damn day. You got used color uniforms, jerseys that, that signify teams. You got the red team, the white team. That's your you know starters. And you got black, blue, yellow, purple, all down. You know, just uh, different teams running around out there, different color jerseys, and it's signifying the, the, the what team it was. But uh, uh, that's a different era. Now you're going to have eighty five total. Well, attrition takes it down to about maybe eighteen or twenty. If you run off a couple, you got maybe more scholarships, and, and uh, some coaches will do that. Some coaches don't do it and live with their mistakes. The kid can't play, and uh, and they uh, uh, then they're highly selective in their recruitment. So they can't offer a lot of kids that are projects that you say, well, in two years this kid is going to be in the fifty pounds heavier, bigger, stronger. Put him on a training table in a weight room and all that. What they you just can't afford to do that. You got to get a finished product today, and that's why it's so selective and uh, national recruiting to get that player. They're out there, so everybody's after them. And uh, but uh, they're you know they're I, it's amazing to me 
what was it, three players out of Texas only were drafted in the, what, what rounds? I mean, what was that? Yeah, it, it's, been, it's been one of the worst streaks uh, of, uh, of NFL draft performances by the University of Texas, I think, in uh, 50 years. Well, I think it was out of the whole damn, uh, the whole damn Big 12. Well, there's not. You're you're right. There hasn't been much here. This is it, you know. It doesn't take long to figure out what's gone wrong with the Big Twelve the last uh, you know several years. Yeah. And all you got to do is look at the NFL drafts. Uh, they're yeah. they're it's very weak. Well, did you, you did you see that there's a football player, NFL player out of Texas who signed? He's now the highest played player in the NFL, Matt Stafford. Yeah, he's a Highland Park kid. That wasn't that He comes from a rich neighborhood, and then he signs to a richest contract in the NFL. That ain't fair. You know what I mean? That only happens to some damn kid from Crawford, Arkansas. Uh, yeah, there, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and his uh, and his pal growing up was Clayton Kershaw, and he's he, doing he, all right. He makes, yeah. some, he makes some good. By the way, Barry, the, uh, the football player you were talking about is Kenneth Murray out of Missouri City, which just south of Houston. That's right. right. Just outside I didn't think Houston. he was the Allen player. The, other, the Allen player, I'm going to tell you something. It's, I saw him yesterday. I went out to practice yesterday. This Kyler Murray. Right. Uh-huh. I don't know what happened down at A&M, but I watched this kid yesterday, and I'm going to tell you this. I wished I'd had him. I don't tell I just don't tell him how many thousands of yards he's made for me running and throwing the football. Really? I'm telling you, he would be in a hell of a quarterback. But don't you think he'd be a better option quarterback than a, than a spread quarterback? No, I'm telling you what, the, the movement, the depth they have these guys, and if they can not let them get pushed pocket back on the guy, he is good. He, he's got a strong arm, and he zips it out quick. He looks like he's throwing darts. And I was watching yesterday. I was surprised at the RPM on the ball and the, his arm strength that he's got. And I'm going to tell you, he isn't little. I'm telling he's you, not itty-bitty? No, he's not little bit. He's 190-something pounds. Well, now, he's short. No. He's short. He's, he's Well, he's short by standards of uh, quarterback. You want pocket, you know, quarterbacks that are tall. You like to see 6'2 plus, but hell or not, Baker Mayfield's a 6'1 kid, and uh, yeah. and he gets the job done. This kid is 5'11, and, uh, but I'm going to tell you, you put him on the edges and he can, he can feel, see the crack. He will scare you to death on a four-man rush. You you got to contain him, so you got to rush the ends outside. You can't let him be freelance and come inside on the tackle. So the tackles won't be on the island. The tackles know the defensive ends got to contain this guy. So that makes their job easier because they're going to be pushing the guy outside and wide. So and then the guys inside, the tackles, the two guys inside, both the guys in the three of the three four are going to be going outside. You got two guys inside. You got to worry about a guy that's four three four four that can all of a sudden boom explode up inside and against them when the field gets scattered. No, this kid will light it up when those things happen. He did, has got wheels. Did, did you ever mind playing a team twice in a season, or did you ever play a team twice in a season? Because if Oklahoma and yeah, Oklahoma beat your ass the second time, they beat us the first time out in Nebraska in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, we were undefeated right. in 1978. Right. We were number one all year long. Billy Sims won the Heisman that year. We had the Alpine Award winner and Greg Roberts and Nacogdoches. Uh, we had Cumbie, uh, Daryl Hunt. We had so many great players from Texas. And uh, we then the Tabor Twins from Spring Branch, hell, they all played. Everybody played in the league. And, and, uh, and then uh, we go up in Nebraska. We fumbled nine times, lose six of them. We get beat 17 to 14. We were number one going into the game undefeated, 9 and 0. And we get to play them again in the Orange Bowl. And we got them 31 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Why? We don't fumble the ball. We didn't lose a damn uh, turnover that night. So, you know, we didn't get it done when we needed to. And uh, that's uh, the only team we ever had to play twice. And, and uh, usually, you know, I've always seen that happen early on. I saw it happen in the 50s in bowl games. I saw 
you know, I saw Ole Miss got beat by LSU, and LSU, Ole Miss got to play them in the Sugar Bowl and just kicked you know, that's when Cannon played '59. That your yeah. guys weren't born, so you don't even know. Uh, we I remember know. about Billy Cannon. Unfortunately, we were born. <laughs> <laughs> we remember Billy Cannon. Now, uh, I want to take you back here, Barry, to what you uh, mentioned about Bob Stoops earlier. Um, that that caught all of us by surprise when he announced he was retiring. Did, were you oh, surprised by that? Everybody, hell yeah! yeah. Well, I, my first thought, to, you know, when I heard it, I, I said, "My God, something's wrong." I said, "He's got pancreatic cancer, or someone there's serious illness, his family, his wife, something's wrong." You know, it, it just took everyone. It shocked everyone. And the next day, he just had his press conference, and he said it was the right timing. He gave all the right answers. And no one, everyone questions. Everyone's skeptical. You know how that is. And all of a sudden, that's me when I'm talking to the Russians. <laughs> so, but uh, at that time, so, but anyway, what happens is that uh, he calls me the next day, and uh, he, he told me, he said, Coach, he said, I, I just, Felt like it was the right time. I just, uh, I said, I, I said, well, I can understand that. I've thought about that before, and I backed out a couple of times. But uh, he, I said, you're the only one who carries that watch. You're the only one who knows that time. And uh, so, you know, I understand it. And uh, he had kids that are seniors in high school. He's made more money than any coach in college football, and saved it too. You know, these guys. I only make twenty four thousand a year. My, these guys making six or seven million dollars a year what's it so i was read where saving make it 11 million it's ridiculous but uh, <laughs> but really now think they're not even doing any more than i did no they're so, not they are not saving, by God, i'm not sure i my winning percentage wasn't better than any of them out there but uh anyway uh it's uh it's, it's everything's changed just better products coming to high school better players out of high school high school coaches Kids are bigger, stronger, faster, and smarter. And you just have more of them. When I was when I played, there's 140 million people. There's 340 million people today. So you can imagine the, the numbers and is, the emphasis on sport. Is, is the job any tougher now? Excuse me. Is the job any tougher now than it was when you were coaching? No, I don't think it's any tougher. You've got to win. Don't get your ass fired. No, the same Meyer and and, uh, and uh, you know the job. Players, people talk about play. players are good. They're going to make kids, they're going to make poor choices. And college football coaches are always held accountable and responsible for the behavior and action of the players, you know. And pro football, they're not, you know, that doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, you, you all jump on Jerry or whoever and all that, but uh, at least these guys are supposed to be grown men and they make it, you know, and uh, they, they know that they should be held accountable. And, but, um, Something about being an 18, 19-year-old kid. I always told mamas and daddies, they'd ask me, are you going to give me back a good one? I'll let him come. I said, if you give me a good one, I'll give you back a good one. <laughs> yeah, you know, there you go. Well, yeah. hell yeah. Absolutely. You know, if you give me a good one, I'll give you back a good one. You give me a bad one, I don't know if I can do anything about that. Yeah, you're right but about that. Kids, 90% of them are you know, really good kids. I, I went over the other day, and I go around and introduce myself to guys that I've never seen. And I don't know them because I don't see a jersey number on them. You know what I mean? I don't recognize them. I don't know the name. So I just want to know what high school they came from, where they're from, what they major in school, and, uh, how are they doing those things that are more important to them than damn football. Because everyone will think they'll be in the NFL. Not damn one of my doctors. Yes, there will be. So, 
I'm, a, I'm about 600 yards from the damn stadium in their office. So I went over yesterday for the first time this season to just go out there and tell Lincoln good luck. And I don't think you will need it much. That's what you temper. What is that? Uh, uh, I used to Texas Western when I remember Bum Phillips and whole group out there. You remember that story, Bum Phillips? Uh, I, I, you know, the whole basketball out there won the NCAA championship. Uh, Don Haskins. Uh, Don Haskins. Who's in Oklahoma? From Oklahoma. OSU guy. OSU guy. Yeah. And then he had King being a man, and I was on getting on the plane one day, and Don waved at me back at myself. I don't know if it's Southwest. It might have been Ozark or Frontier or something. He waved at me, and, and he said, I'll hold you this seat. So I go back and sit down and and this, this uh, y'all got a lot of time for me to tell you this dumb bum stuff. You know, yeah. you go ahead and tell whatever story you want. Okay, I'm going to tell you. That, okay, here it is. I sit down and said, is it true about that story about them five players getting caught on the damn train? You know, they got this engine down there on campus, middle of campus. They're the miners, you know, and the, their mascot, the miners, whatever the hell. And they got this locomotive down there on the middle of campus. And he says they'd caught these five football players taking a leak off the damn uh, train, you know, the damn campus police. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, Bum gets a call from Don Haskins. And uh, Bum says uh, they uh, they caught five players as uh, campus cops. And he says, well, hell, he said, who were they? And he says, well, it was so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. He says, well, hell, I'll deal with it tomorrow. And he said, no, I've already, the president's already called me. And he says, president, police called the president first. And the president called me and told me to kick him out of school. And he says, well, who were they again? He said, so and so, so and so, and so and so. Tell call the president back, and you tell him, well, so and so, and so and so, so and so can't take a leak off the train, but so and so, and so and so can. So what's left about that? That's the way football has always been. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so now we're in a new era here with uh, with the coaches at Oklahoma and at Texas. Brand new coaches for the first time since 1946, I think, uh, or 47. At both schools, have a brand new coach. Uh, who got the better coach? Well, I tell you what, I, I think Lincoln Riley. I, you know, I, I don't evaluate that. I've only been around one guy and spent any time with one guy. I was told that Mike Leach. Mike Leach said the best protege. He ever had. He mentored uh, Lincoln Riley. He said he's the best assistant coach I've ever had. He's done a fabulous job at East Carolina. He went out there as offensive coordinator for five years and ranked in the top five in the country offensively at East Carolina offensively. Uh, he comes here on the stoops. They've, they've lit it up offensively, uh, and uh, he recruits the quarterback. He coaches the quarterback. He calls the plays. And uh, they've done a great job, and they'll continue to do that. He ain't going to change it. He's going to do the same way. Just do the same way that the leech has always done. So I, I really like him. Players like him. He's a damn football coach, and I think it's nothing's going to change. I mean, they're going to line it up. If they beat Ohio State, I think they'll run the table. And uh, they're going to, last year, Stoops got upset by Houston, but everybody knew Houston. And they knew Houston was capable of beating them, and that uh, they don't play good. And the game was closer than the score. And uh, so Oklahoma loses that one. Well, everyone knows Ohio State toss up or, or, or should be. Well, Ohio State up there. Well, Ohio State probably better than us. They'll be favored in the game. And if we don't win that one, I think they'll win the rest of them. You know, it's, 
11-11-2 last year. So, uh, you know, I, that's what I look at. We're better than the other ones we played. We're maybe not as good as Ohio State, but we might win it. So, the, so Texas hires the the guy who was the coach of the team that beat you that beat Oklahoma last year from Houston, right. uh, Tom Herman. Right. Do you know much about Tom at all? No, there's not. What he's one of the Michigan guys. I, I don't. I don't know anything about him. I really don't. Uh, but I don't know. I know he's done a good job, like a lot of coaches have. But uh, Charlie Strong did a good job at Louisville too. So you know. So you know. So what? Uh, you know. They, you got to line them up and play. Unless, were you surprised that that, that Texas uh, can Charlie after three years? I don't know. You know, I, I worried about it. I worried like that might happen, and uh, you know, uh, it uh, it uh, you know, guys hard for a guy to get. If, if you didn't see any improvement, and, and you know, things are staying the same or going south, the arrows pointing down. I didn't live in their house. It's hard for me to evaluate it, you know, and I've always said that. I hate to talk about someone's home and you don't live in it knowing what goes on in there. And uh, it's just hard to, from a distance to truly evaluate the situation. Is, uh, is it going to take Texas coming back and being competitive with Oklahoma for the Big 12 to kind of gain the stature it needs? I think I think everyone has said that Texas needs to be back to who they were. They need to walk walk again, and uh, in Oklahoma that has got to maintain or get back where they've been. And uh, if that's the case, then that, then the league is really improved. Uh, the other people have been, you know, obviously Baylor and, and the TCU have gotten better. Their coaches do a great job, and uh, I mean, I know the, uh, Gary does a great job over there, and you know. I always thought Herb Prowse was a hell of a coach, but, uh, you know, he's persona non grata, and that's what happens. And uh, But he did have a job. But, uh, uh, you know, the rest of the league is, you know, the rest of the league, they've been that way. They've been second-division teams. For, Bill Snyder still can beat your ass. Don't think he can, <laughs> you know, do that. So don't ever count to say that's a give-me. That's not a give-me. you got to go play four quarters to win that one. But uh, it's uh, – it hasn't changed much. Texas needs to get back who they were, and, uh, and the Longhorn fans will be happy, and it'll make the Sooner fans better and, and our team better and brings out the best in us. Barry, I don't know if you heard Jerry Jones, but when Jerry said that he thought you deserved to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, what was your reaction when I you heard that? I heard that. When did he say that? I've never heard him say something. He, 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 he said that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, at, looking at it now. I think it was after he went, he said, you and Jimmy both deserve to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You hadn't heard him say that? No, he never said that to me, and I've never heard that. I know Jimmy does. You know, Jimmy and him. him. See, I, the, the, you know what pisses Jimmy off is the fact I add Jerry to it. I said, Jerry and Jimmy built the team. Uh-huh. Jimmy likes to think he did it by himself. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know it, 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 if Jerry doesn't give him half the money and doesn't okay the trade, the way of uh, the uh, Walker trade, Herschel Walker trade, you know, Jerry didn't have to go along with that. No. He allowed, he made, he made, he's a decision maker. He makes the final decision. And, uh, and and Jerry really stays out of it. He lets his coaches coach. And, and he and he, he, is he when I went there, he told me that 120 yards, that 53 third is yours. Well, I'm not going to mess with that in there. And when it becomes financial, then I'm involved with it. And and that's the way he's always approached it. But I've never heard him say that. And you know, uh, I'll get it posted posthumously someday. He'll put my ass in there because I'm sure all Super Bowl winning coaches will eventually get in there. But uh, down the road, but I won't be around. 
But uh, I inherited a great team. They put it together. But I did have a tough job. Now, Jerry gives me credit for that, and it was. I'm the only guy that comes to town, Jimmy Lee's. I'm the stranger. i got to come in. I, these guys have got hidden agendas. I don't know the coaching staff. Most coaches get to hire their own damn coaches and bring them with them. They've coached with them for years. i got to go in there and line up and evaluate these coaches Find out who's going to be loyal, who can I trust, what are their agendas. I've got to evaluate all these guys and figure it out. And, uh, and that's a tough situation. The players are pissed off. I can understand, like my team meeting, I said, hey, guys, I didn't have nothing to do with this divorce. All I want is a chance. Give me a chance. You know, I can be. I understand why you all are upset. Hell, yeah, I can understand that. Jerry and Jimmy couldn't get along. Hey, one player's fault. Damn sure wasn't mine. And, uh, that's, the point, that's the point I was wanted to make on my first meeting, and I tried to make emphasize that at the same time. Tried to help Jerry. You know, I had point out that I coached both those guys at Arkansas. I knew them well. And, and the first day I was at the Cowboys, I asked both of them. I said, "How the hell you guys screwed this so much up? I can't believe you know y'all could do that. Kid and get work and go together. You know, they work together. Your damn egos get involved." You know, I've always said if you got that you win, there's enough credit to go around for everybody. I never gave a damn. I was the most self-deprecating guy I've ever been. I, I didn't care. I just wanted to get the job done. Whoever gets uh, credit, all right with me. You know, and if we lose, I want them to get the damn credit too. <laughs> well, you're right about all that, and that's the, the biggest favor that anybody ever did. Jimmy Johnson was was when Jerry Jones hired him to coach the Cowboys. I, I, he may have ended that's up right. in the NFL at some point, but I don't. It, it would have been a, it would have been a while. No, it would it would he never would have been in the NFL. I wouldn't have ever been in the NFL. If Jerry hadn't bought the team. There weren't but two guys Jerry ever considered when he bought the team. It, it's Jimmy and me. He had a list. It was two coaches long. Jimmy and Barry Switzer. I coached him at Arkansas for four years. I, when he was making his fortune in Oklahoma in the 70s, I was a head coach. I socialized with Jerry when he's in town here. I went to dinner with him. We had drinks together. We, we, we were together a lot through those years. And so he always considered me. And I knew when he, if he ever fired Jimmy, hey, he's going to call my ass. And I told him, I wish the hell you'd call me first. I guarantee you, because, you know, Aitman had been with me. I would never bought that kid Walsh in there to try to beat Aitman's ass out. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because the kid won that national championship for Jimmy in Miami. He brings a, a, him in there. Can't, he can't carry Aitman's jock and, and try to put him ahead of Aitman. That's the dumbest damn thing I've ever seen. Boy, Aitman pouted for a couple of years about that. So he, proved, you know, he got a chance to prove himself. You know, damn sure good in the first year when they're, what, 1-15? But, yeah. uh, you know, worked out for everybody. And uh, But uh, I did not know Jerry had said that. I appreciate him saying that, but I've never considered that or thought that. Or even, it's something that I even would think about. Well, we're, we're going to send you the article as soon as we we get off the phone. Jerry said it in Canton when he, when he went into oh, the hall. Oh, he did? Yeah. 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 Well, he didn't. I had, he respected the job I did. I said I had a tough situation. He, he recognized that when I came in there. But uh, but Jerry, those good days were great. Jerry, I know that. Jerry, when I was there, Jerry's told people that that was the best time he's had at the Cowboys when Lacell and I and Stephen and him and all. <laughs> I guarantee you, our extracurricular time was better than anybody <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah. I bet that was a little bit like the days back in Norman, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know y'all I really did. I the Hickman boys, the Hickman boys, and uh, Stephen and Jerry Jr. and all them, and 
you know, I love him. My, my secretary, Barbara Goodman, is unbelievable. And uh, Marilyn, all uh, old crew, all you know, they were wonderful. It was great days. I enjoyed that. My time in Dallas really did. Barry, and we the players too. Well, I know that. I know that's right. Listen, Barry. Oh, you love this story. I got one more. Shut up, Kevin. I got Out of that around these parts these days. Oh boy, I tell you. <laughs> well, Barry, you're the best, and we appreciate you coming on once again. It, you know, sometimes we just like to just uh, to hit the button, start you up, and let you go. And uh, and there's the very few of our guests that that uh, come off quite so well. But we. Uh, well, you're nice to say that. I just like to. And everything I told you is the damn truth. I mean, you know, and my opinions might be not like yours, or but it's my opinions. But I'm not lying about a damn thing. I told you. I think people care more about your opinion than the, it all happened. People care more about your opinion than mine. Hey, one last thing: do or do you have the coaches' cabana still going? Yeah, I've got that, and uh, we do it from a campus corner now, and and we got down about fifty, sixty thousand people walk by our big stage down there, and we got big screen TVs up. Uh, yeah, we we do all home games on campus corner. I only do about three for my cabana away games, and then we'll go to big casinos. Uh, they pay to have us fill up a ballroom, put about five or six screens on the wall, and we put a big stage up there, and we get up there and do the color on the game. I, we have gotten rid of the latency, and we got our own channel, Cox, so you can go into the sports bar here in Oklahoma, and you can have the game on one TV right beside it. The next TV, you got us doing the game in real time, covering the plays in real speed, real time. And uh, me and Thomas Slott and Mark Rogers does radio every day here for, you know, on the sports animal. So we got a good crew, and we love doing it. We tell stories. Things got out of bounds. and You know, it's, like, it's a reality show. I've had these guys walk in. No, really, they walked into my command. They've been in town to come by, and they and, and I you said, come over and get on the show. Little Joe Washington, Billy Sims, come by, whoever. Bosworth, I call them and say, sit down, pull up a chair right here. We, we can sit there and talk, shoot the bull, and talk about their career or something, because Help people watch the damn game, but if the game's you're out of hand, what the hell you got to do? You got to have filler, and the best thing is that it tells stories. You know what I mean? Right. Sit there and talk about Oklahoma and the history and tradition and, uh, and what it was when they played. So it, it's uh, it's a good concept, and we like it. And it's in real time. We got rid of the latency on even on your damn iPhone. Watch it in real time. You can go to the ball game, watch, pull us up, and sit up in the stands, watch a game, and listen to us. Or look at us on our damn iPhone. Watch doing the game. Coachescommander.com. 
You know what? It, it always makes me feel bad when somebody who is a little bit older than me has such a better command of uh, social media and, uh, and technology than I do. Well, I don't have it. I mean, I really don't. I've learned a little bit about Hey, I'm on Twitter. Do you follow me on Twitter? Yes, I do follow you on Twitter. As hey, a matter of fact. How'd you like that one? How'd you like my, my biggest tweet that had the most likes and retweets was the one that I saw. I got a picture just come to mind, and, and i give you let you finish up with this. I, I, I see this picture of these four white dudes in the police uniforms in Fayetteville, Arkansas, chasing Baker Mayfield down the street. In his game uniform, it shows this picture, you know, just running, and these guys coming after him, chasing him. And when I saw that, I knew they had caught him. And I knew, when I saw that, the first comment that comes to my mind, I said, it never got my damn quarterback. <laughs> yes, I, I remember that out. tweet. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted that one out there, and that, that, that one blew up. But, you know, it, uh, they never got my damn quarterback. <laughs> and, and the other thing is this. Stoops, he was out playing golf in uh, Palm Springs. February when that happened, and they, he called me. He says he's died laughing when he saw that tweet. But he felt he says it ain't funny to laugh about it. He says I, I fell out with my <laughs> but uh, and it was the truth. I said hell, it's the damn truth. But uh, the other one the other day, I, I was watching the TV, and, and I said, and yeah, you have spontaneity. You, if you're going to do tweeting, you're going to be social active. You have got to do it when you see it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, you know, really resonate or have the punch it needs. I'm watching some of these damn idiots tear down a statue. You know what I mean? They're tearing down the damn statue. And I look at it and I say, well, God damn, why are they tearing down the horse? The horse didn't have nothing to do with this. (laughs) (laughs) And I I started laughing, thinking about that. And I started to tweet that out there. But objectively, most people were tired laughing at it. But there'd be a bunch of, you know, jumpy eyes that jump on my ass for it. But but I thought that'd been a hell of a tweet. What the hell do horses have to do with it? What the hell do horses have to do with it? <laughs> that could be your, your final, your famous last words. Barry, it's, it's always great to have you on. We appreciate you so much doing it, and we'd like, love to have you back again sometime this fall to catch up on everything. All right. Anytime, Kevin. All right. Take you take care. care. There he goes. The, the man, the myth, the legend. I think next time we have him on, I want to try this experiment. Yeah. Ask one question. Well, and see how long you can and take And see it. how long you go. And, and that could be the whole podcast. Well, he just spins one story into another story. You know, he, he's, he's talking about something and he remembers something else. But, but, you know, the thing that gets me about when you ask him about the playing teams twice, that boom, you know, he recalls that. Uh, what year? He's the, like a golfer. He, the, rem- he remembers. Yeah, he remembers every hole, every shot. I just, it's just unbelievable to me that he can do that. A little bit of that's a little politically incorrect. Incorrect, yes, but but incorrect. We yeah. can't remember yesterday. And- no, no, no. He's got us on that. So you could be saying stuff. But it, could, it could all be wrong. Well, we wouldn't have any idea. You know, you know. I, I was thinking. I was. I was thinking last week when we had John Machota on. Yeah. He he texted me afterwards and said, "I really apologize." I used the word crap in, in your podcast. <laughs> do you think we're going to, have to do a lot of? Uh, has, has, have you got a text yet from uh, Barry Switzer apologizing? No, not yet. Not yet. Don't think I'm going to get one either. So uh, he that was, I it was that was the best we've had him on before three or four times. I think today's today was the best. It's pretty good. You know, the great thing about Barry is is that he's unvarnished. Yeah, <laughs> not poli- and you said not politically correct. No, no, and he and he he doesn't care. He doesn't care. No. Do you think he could coach today? Could could he could. Hey, could he have that attitude and, and coach today at Oklahoma? Uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, because 
I know he could coach. Look, but, but oh, yeah, yeah. Well, he could coach because not only, he knows the X's and O's, but it's like he said, he he hires the right coaches. He's he's got no ego, and when he says that, that's really true. Yeah. That you know he he hired people and he and they and they ran their. their he he looks at what's the best thing. When when Texas came up with the wishbone. You know, they weren't running the wishbone in Oklahoma. It's like, hey, look at this. Look what they're doing with their players. I got better athletes than they do. We'll run this and we'll be great. And that's just the way Barry works. Um, so, yeah, he could. And if, if Mike Leach can somehow work in college football. He's working in Washington State. He's, 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 barely, he's barely in the continent. Barely, barely on the continent. That's correct. But if he's and, – and no, listen, Barry was never stupid about his bosses. Mike was stupid about his bosses. You you can't call out and cuss out the president of the university, which is what Mike Leach did. Um, Barry never did anything like that. He you know he did some things that embarrassed the university. There's no question about it. But he was uh, politically uh, astute enough to know that I can't I can't do those other th- kinds of things. You know, just like when he talked about how he curried the favor of, of Jerry Jones all those years and knew he was going to be the coach of the Cowboys one day if Jerry ever bought him. Uh, you know, uh, he's, he's pretty smart about that stuff. All right, we're going to have to go. we got other podcasts today. We've also got John McClain, the general from the Houston Chronicle, to talk if, about if, the If Houston he's waited Texas. around for us. Well, I we're, told we're, him. We're going to be late. I told him that we, had, we, we couldn't get Switzer off the phone, and he said that was no problem. Okay, and then, who, and then Evan, where is Evan Grant today? Evan Grant, you know, is in Tampa. You know, they're playing the Rays. No, they're not playing the. Oh, Rays. that's right. They're not playing the Rays. I, I, I can't wait till the camera sweeps around the stadium to see nobody in the stands, which is pretty much you know. Well, it's the way like it that when is. the Rays are there. Yeah, and now and now you got the Astros and the Rangers, and, and that's a little controversial. A little controversial. Reed, Reed Ryan threw a little uh, match on the flame. He did. He did. Uh, but the Rangers didn't come out smelling. Like a rose in that. No, stadium. but I, I'm I, I'm going to guess reading his column in the paper today. Evan is going to uh, launch a fervid. Fervent, fervent, fervent defense of of the Texas Rangers. I think you're. I think you're wrong. We we had you know. You think I'm both wrong? he he and I were working way into the night last night. Really? Uh, Is that why you were late today? Uh, no, that's not. That's not why. Uh, I, I had to get my biometric screening done this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, oh, What is today? The 31st? (laughs) Do the first? No, it's like two days away. The deadline's two days away. (laughs) Oh. All right. uh, That's it for our uh, college podcast with Barry Switzer, which kind of. That's going right to our Hall of Fame. If if Barry Switzer does not get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, (laughs) he is going to be the first inductee into the Ballsy Hall of Fame. I like that. The Ballsy Hall of Fame. I like that. Uh, He's he's number one. He's in. He's in. All right. All right. That's it for us on this uh, podcast. Well, uh, join us on the other two we're going to have coming up. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya. See ya.